All right. Live. Hope you guys are having a good uh, day. Whenever it is that you uh, get to this. I am going for a brisk evening walk. And I thought it would be good to get on here and go over essentially a whittled down version of my article, The Vaccine of the Happy, Healthy Human Immune System, um, has, uh, that article has 21 ways we can all um, strengthen our immune system. A lot of research went into that, try to back things up as best I could, what I was saying. And so, over time, since I wrote that back in late March, I've kind of narrowed it down to a couple pillars of health, I would call them. And uh, it's basically six things we can all do, six core things that we can all do to... Um, strengthen our immune system and basically improve our overall health. And, and the main goal for, for the article and the six pillars and everything is because right now um, the world is, um, what shall I say, um, starved of health. And we don't even know it. We are starving for good ways to keep our body healthy and our immune system strong. And, um, and because of that, we're suffering right now with a pretty bad, um, well, some would say, the news would say a pretty bad, deadly virus. When in fact, it's actually not. <clears throat> I just looked up today. Once I cut through some fog, I looked up that the flu uh, generally, you know, the, re the regular, you know, annual flu, it just did the math and you kind of, it's all estimated, really. Um, I couldn't really find an exact number. I had estimated from, from um, what was it? It was like... The number of estimated deaths, um, and it was a huge range from like 12,000 to 79,000 or something like that. I had to kind of break it down from the estimated deaths um, to as a percentage of uh, the number of cases. So, um, but it, what I calculated and what kind of uh, corroborated with what I had heard before was that it was at 0.13 to 0.18 percent um, death rate. Um, they would call it more accurate term. I think would be infection fatality rate. So of the people who were infected, these are the people. This is the percentage of people who died. And uh, and then I compared it to the current. Um, COVID death rate, which 
current COVID deaths are are listed numbers. I think it's a, about a million four or something like that worldwide right now. Anyway, those numbers are based on comorbid deaths, uh, not deaths that were, you know, uh, cause of death COVID only. So in order to get that number, the CDC put out a report that said that basically of the actual death, not the actual death, of the reported deaths, only about 6% of them were actually um, COVID only. So when you do the math, it's something like 80-something 80, 80 thousand. Um, I forget the actual, what the actual number was, but it was 6% uh, of million four-ish, uh, if I remember right. Six percent of that was about 80,000. Um, and when you do 80,000 as a percentage of the total number of infections, cases essentially, you get um, 0 0.20, um, no, point, yeah, 0 0.20 percent. So 99.8% is people who have recovered, and 0.20% essentially is people who have died. And so when you compare 0.20% to, uh, at the highest, the worst case of influenza, which they're saying 0.13 to 0.18, you're literally 0.02 of a difference <laughs> between the flu or no two percent, almost one hundredth, one hundredth of one hundredth of one percent. I'm getting tongue tied. Late. Almost one hundredth of one percent difference um, between the flu and COVID. So that being said, there is still a slight chance that people die legitimately from COVID. And uh, what, I'm, what that should point out to most people is, is that most people who die from COVID die from comorbidities. They had pre-existing conditions. They had a compromised immune system. Um, the majority are dying from essentially being very poorly, um, just poor health, very poor health. When you have a chronic condition, it's 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 uh, your body screaming to you saying something's not right. I'm out of balance. You need to do something different. And there's many people in this world that don't believe in health and don't believe that improving their health can affect their chronic illness. So they never change. And with that, they have a suppressed immune system from dealing with the chronic illness. And that when a virus like COVID comes along. Um, that can be deadly. Um, there's no more firefighters to put out that fire, so to speak, in the immune system. So. Sad, but it happens, and it is happening. And it's due to primarily from just poor health in America. Um, also around the world, I'm, this, America isn't the only place that has poor health. You know, the people that are generally unhealthy. But uh, so going into the, again, this is a 
six key things that we can all do to strengthen our immune system from um, a list, an article that I wrote of currently 21 things we can all do. I linked that in the description. I'll try to link it in the description of the podcast when I publish it too, but you know, get there. But I'm going to try to go through this pretty quick because it's fairly cold and getting a little late. So, and I might have one or two people, who knows, maybe more, uh, jump on the live chat. I'm going to be chatting with them and or talking to them, so, but we'll just roll with it. Okay, so the top six things we can all do to strengthen our immune system. Drum roll. I'm going to go quick, and then I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to do a little outline, and then I'll do a summary, essentially, of each. So number one, we've got vitamin D from the sun. Number two, we've got sleep. Number three, uh, hydration. Number four, nutrition. Number five, exercise. Number six, breath work. And uh, essentially stress-related to breath work, so to speak, or the lack of proper breathing, I should say. Breath work is the antidote to stress. Not the only, but it's definitely a, uh, what shall I say, a catalyst. Okay, so... To start, vitamin D from the sun, that's not too difficult. Um, if you don't have access to the sun, if you're in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere and the sun is circling low in the sky or barely, barely coming up at all, uh, you can take supplements uh, with calcium and magnesium to help that, um, mainly calcium to help that take the supplement. I'm not sure the exact amount of vitamin D. It might be different per person, for each person. You have to check. But what I do is I I literally get out in the sun in the morning. And I know we should probably be doing it in the mid-afternoon. I would recommend that for sure. But I usually get out in the morning. And uh, depending on the day, depending on the time of year, I'll just set a timer. I do it on my watch. You could do it on your phone. Just set a timer for... However many, however many minutes you think you'd like to cook. And you're not cooking. You're not going to shrivel up like the Wicked Witch of the West into nothing. I assure you. You don't need sunblock for this. You're only doing it for 5 to 10 minutes more, depending on where you are. Like I said, if you're um, more northern hemisphere, more north of the equator, or probably south of the equator, the closer you are to the north or south pole, the more time, obviously, you can go. Obviously, midday better. So, yeah, 10 minutes. You probably do 20 minutes or 30 minutes, depending on where you are. Which, for me, I do 5 to 10. I'm in California. I'm in, I'm in Los Angeles. 
that's huge because uh, apparently there's been a lot of studies that show that um, a lot of the people who died from COVID were vitamin D deficient. Go figure. Especially if they were in a hospital on their last days. They're definitely not, not getting any vitamin D um, from the sun, at least. They might be getting supplements if they're lucky. So that's why that's important. Okay, number two, uh, sleep. Um, the general recommendation, and you can get more than this, it won't hurt, but is, uh, the general recommendation is six to seven hours of sleep. Uh, minimum of six, obviously. Um, and that's the time where your body regenerates and gets rid of toxins and uh, recharges you for the next day. It's kind of important. Um, you can you can read up about how important sleep is, but it's one of the, the key things. If we're if we're always um, getting three hours of sleep a night, four hours of sleep a night, our body just doesn't have doesn't have a chance to recharge, like literally. And uh, so every cell is you know dragging their feet through through the day, and not helping get rid of toxins, uh, not not helping the immune system function as it should. So we're, our immune system is essentially going to be suppressed. So that's number two, six to seven hours of sleep. Number three, we've got hydration. I've been reading a book called uh, Super Life, and uh, there was a study done apparently where um, compared to the recommended amount of water, um, there was four-fifths, or 80% of people don't drink enough water. Uh, and the majority of them, uh, I wouldn't say the majority, there's a small percentage, 10% or so, 10 to 15% that um, don't, don't really drink water at all. In other words, they don't make any, any effort to drink water whatsoever. They'll They'll be drinking soda, they might forget to drink water during the day, just be eating food. Um, and the reason, the reason staying hydrated is so important is because the body needs, the body takes in three sorts of, three sources of energy from the outside. It's air from breathing, it's water that we drink, and it's food that we eat. Those are the three, way, the three ways our cells actually get energy to function properly. If we're, you can imagine what's coming next <laughs> or soon, but if, we, if we're deficient in any of those, primarily water, um, and, other, and, and the other two, obviously, uh, but primarily water, um, a lot of things in the body uh, stop working properly. Um, digestion, um, your immune function, obviously. Every cell in your body is is basically parched. <laughs> Doesn't have enough water to operate properly, and every cell essentially needs water to operate properly. So, when we deprive ourselves of a sufficient amount of water, we're basically we're basically um, 
there's a drought going on for every cell in the body, and that's not that is not conducive to health. It's uh, cells fail to do what they're supposed to do. Uh, they misfire essentially, and uh, bad things ensue. And uh, you do that long enough, it becomes chronic. So you have chronic illnesses that can pop up. You could, many of which could be resolved from just drinking enough water. There's a book written about it. There's many books written about this. So look up hydration or water. Um, yeah. Moving on, we've got uh, nutrition. And I'm just, I like to make things as short and sweet as possible. I don't like complicated things. Nowadays, we don't have attention for that. So the attention span for that, you know, we're like crack babies. We're, we need stuff quick and we need to fix. You know, we got three minutes to, for a YouTube video, you know, uh, posts on Facebook or whatever. They, it's like we just don't have attention. So uh, a lot of that stuff doesn't get read. So uh, fourth is nutrition, fruits and vegetables, just fruits and vegetables. I, I list this as more fruits and vegetables. I'm not saying you need a specific amount. I'm just saying just get some more in, please. Um, think, think water. If it looks like it would have water in it, eat it. If it's a fruit or a vegetable that seems like that, or if it's a food, not to mention fruits and vegetables, just if it's a food that looks like it's not dry, like bread, <clears throat> Or uh, believe meats. Not positive on this, but meats are generally devoid of of water, um, especially once they're cooked and the, and it takes all the moisture out of them. But uh, but in general, more fruits and vegetables, more stuff with water in them. That'll also help your digestion. Um, if you're always eating, you know, uh, dried goods. Crackers, bread, um, anything like that, um, you're actually kind of doing yourself a disservice because it's not going to help things go through your intestines. And also, if you're dehydrated, obviously, um, that stuff's going to get stuck. <laughs> and that's not good. Nobody likes constipation, right? So once you have hydration and you're e eating foods that are gener have, generally have water in them, it's going to help that process, obviously. So next is exercise. There's a big factor here. Um, we don't just do exercise for heart health. We do exercise to get rid of toxins. Imagine you're a couch potato. You're sitting at, you're sitting at the computer or game station playing games for four or ten hours a day or whatever. <laughs> Some people do, and uh, yeah, you're you're literally spending so many hours playing that you don't move your body, you don't get up. Um, toxins starts to build up, especially if you're eating like shit. Which, you know, in this example, typically you're not eating very well. You're eating like a bag of chips so you can get back to your game or whatever. Dehydration, you know, dry goods, not vegetables, not helping. And then you wonder how you have constipation or other things 
chronic uh, in the future. So super important, 30 minutes a day. Um, nobody's perfect. I don't always get my 30 minutes in. Uh, sometimes I get 15, sometimes I get 20. Um, and often I do get 30. Maybe not all the time, but I do get 30 or try to through the day. So that's the goal, at least, to try to do that every single day. Um, like I said, when we move, it, it activates the lymphatic system. The lymphatic system doesn't actually have a pump, but its job is to get rid of toxins in the body. Its job is to move the bad stuff to the exits. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. So that's, uh, that's one, of the th way, one of the reasons I think a lot of people don't know of why we exercise is to get rid of toxins through the lymphatic system. Um, it needs us to move for that to happen. And when, that, when toxins build up in the body, we have, we have disease an illness. An illness. illness may be then disease. <laughs> Either way, it's pretty much the same thing, you know, just on a different level. So, and the last is breath work. And uh, I'm just going to read this. Breath, breath work to keep every cell, tissue, and organ in the body sufficiently oxygenated to operate properly. This includes relaxation and all things a person can do to reduce stress in their lives, including forgiveness, lifestyle change, moving to a new city. These are all examples. Divorcing, quote unquote, divorcing people that create the opposite of calm, as in tranquility in your life. Anything of that sort. Getting those things out of your life. We want to be relaxed. Because when we're relaxed, our breathing is slower. When our breathing is slower and not shallow, like sipping air, when our breathing is slower, we tend to take in more oxygen. And the carbon dioxide and oxygen uh, levels are more balanced. Um, yeah, so there's a bunch of different ways to do this. Uh, you can do um, paced breathing. A lot of people suggest tend to suggest that four seconds in, four seconds out. Um, there is uh, also you can do holds uh, at the top of the breath and at the bottom of the breath for a second or two. I mean, it, it just depends on how, how you feel. But to me, I just uh, what I do is, to be honest, I just, I'm mindful of it more often, um, just to take a deeper breath, um, as many as I can in a row, until I just kind of lose track and then I go about my day. That's one way. Um, I have a watch that helps me, helps nudge me. I have a smart watch where I set a... Uh, a workout profile essentially and uh, it will nudge me when my heart rate gets um, too high and uh, if I'm at rest and my heart rate if I'm not moving a lot and my heart rate happens to be high that's the nudge to do some breathing some breath work some deeper breathing 
slower, deeper. Okay, um, because when we're when we're when we're sipping air, when we're barely breathing, out of fear, which this um, pandemic has caused a lot of, especially now with COVID case, COVID case, COVID case, COVID case all the time. You hear that on the news so much, often before or without COVID deaths, um, or especially, and this to me uh, is super deplorable, is especially they don't list the number of people who have recovered. I think if people saw the number of people who have recovered and the percentage of people who have recovered, um, I think people would have a much different outlook on how serious this this uh, pandemic actually is. And uh, possibly be a little bit less afraid. Um, they say slow the, they say slow, slow the spread for a reason. They don't say don't get this virus. They say slow the spread of this virus. The reason for that being, of course, so that the house, hospitals aren't inundated. So slowing the spread does not mean you're not going to get the virus. You know, what I think a lot of people ought to know is, is that when we get the virus, especially when healthy people get this virus, which most of us are healthy enough for this virus. There have been other viruses in the past that have not been so um, so much of a, of a wuss. <laughs> um, some, some might be a trigger for some people, but this is a wuss virus. That if we fortify our health now, in America especially, we'll be more prepared for an actual virus that could truly harm the majority of the population. This isn't that. Not even close. If you've been following me since the beginning of this podcast, you'll know that um, this the actual actual infection fatality rate for COVID is much, much lower than what's being reported. I won't get it too much into that, but um, needless to say, um, being mindful to reduce stress, to, to remove things in your life, not remove things, but avoid things in your life. I mean, it depends on what it is. You don't want to remove someone. You're not going to be like, I'm removing you from my life. No, you're politely walking away from that relationship that stresses you out every single day or whatever it might be, um, or that job or, or the, the car that always gives you trouble and you're always, you know, fixing it or whatever it might be. And it's never, it's not allowing you to get ahead or whatever. And you're stressing over it that like anything that causes you to breathe in an anxious way where you're only sipping air, sometimes even holding your breath in stress and anxiety is what you want to get rid of or do less of. Do more of what makes you calm and less of what makes you stressed. And that's it. And this breath work actually helps with the calm um, even when you are stressed. So if you haven't quite figured out how to de-stress yet, breath work is a very good way to induce a state of calm even though you might have not actually gotten to the source. And I highly encourage you guys either work with me or, or another 
professional um, who deals with um, either the therapist or um, any person who is into natural medicine. Um, yeah, I mean, people who are familiar with doing the work, so to speak, the, the deep psychological work from like trauma in the past, you know, forgiveness issues, whatever it might be. Um, we want to, yeah, we want to work with those people. You want to get, you want to get through the things that cause the most stress in your life. Super important. And again, breath work is a bridge to that. Um, when we're sipping air from anxious breathing, we are depriving ourselves of oxygen and our carbon dioxide level is so high in our body, especially when we're chronically stressed, which for a lot of people, that's what this pandemic is doing. We're chronically stressed. We're chronically sipping air and that air is barely making it from the entry point, our mouth or our nose, through the passages down to the top of the lung, unless it actually gets beyond the top of the lung and into the lung, no oxygen is assimilated into the body. It doesn't happen in the trachea. It doesn't happen in the mouth. <laughs> it doesn't happen in the nasal passage. It has to get down there and there's a dead space. And if you're sipping air in anxiety and stress, that shit isn't happening. No, no, uh, I forget the term. It's like no transmission of oxygen into the blood <laughs> from the capillaries and stuff. It, it just doesn't, doesn't get there. It doesn't happen. And when it doesn't happen, every cell in the body isn't getting the oxygen that it needs to operate functionally. So obviously our immune system and our health is going to take a hit, you know? So the goal is to breathe properly and to help do that, you can do, like I said, the pace breathing, four in, four seconds in, four seconds out, preferably through the nose. The, the nose actually slows down the air. And the reason for that is, is, is that when the air is coming in slower, um, it's allowing carbon dioxide to build up a little bit. And that's, it's a balancing act that the body does so that the oxygen actually gets offloaded from the hemoglobin into the tissues and organs of the body. Um, the, there needs to be a certain level of carbon dioxide for that um, letting go to happen. Imagine like turning off a magnet that lets, lets the oxygen go from the blood to the tissues and the organs. In the cells essentially that need, need the oxygen. Um, without carbon dioxide that doesn't happen very well. Um, so so yeah breathing through the nose actually slows down the air, builds up a little bit of carbon dioxide and any excess is, is breathed out in the exhale. Now if we're breathing a big enough breath that can happen but if we're not breathing a big enough breath and we're sipping air we're doing the opposite. Um, too much carbon dioxide is building up, not enough oxygen is coming in the body to even be assimilated, and um, we become oxygen-deprived and carbon dioxide-rich, 
And when too much carbon dioxide builds up in the body for too long, the body gets acidic and, and organs tend to break down and not function well. Um, it's been said that acidity um, is the environment in the body that allows disease to happen. And alkalinity, the opposite of that, is the environment um, that prevents disease from happening. Um, so just you take those six and you make sure you get, you get them right. If you've been listening to this, you may be saying, oh shit, I don't do that well. Oh shit, I don't do that well. That's great. That's great. If that's the case, this is like, um, there's hope for you, you know, that's huge. Um, if you got them all right, not all right, there's no perfect right or wrong here, but if you, if you're doing them all fairly well, then I would say there's nothing to worry about. There really isn't anything to worry about. I mean, look, if you look at the people who have survived COVID, right? I don't, I doubt all of them did anything intentional like this, um, where they were intentionally trying to improve their health and make sure they have a better chance at survival. I don't think they were thinking of that. I mean, I don't think the, most of the world has evolved fully to believe, to believe, oh, if I do X, Y, Z with my health, I might, I may, might be able to improve my chances. But the truth is, the reality of it is, is that if you sneeze, you with COVID, let's say, I'm not gonna, I don't want to jinx anybody, but if you happen to have COVID and you coughed or sneezed right in my face, right, when I'm breathing, I'm going to get that virus. There'll be a certain amount of viral load, could be high, could be low, just depends. But the reality of it is I'm going to get the virus, okay? Assuming as, as, as um, contagious as it is, I'm gonna get infected, right? But whether or not I, my body, whether I, within a few days, show symptoms of that virus, of my body struggling or not, and whether, I, whether or not I, I show like mild symptoms or no symptoms, or on the flip side, severe or critical symptoms where I need to be hospitalized or even put on a ventilator. Whether or not I'm mild or, or critical symptoms is entirely dependent on the state of my health at that time when that person sneezed in my face, okay? And from, from that point forward, that person's state of health really, really matters. Obviously, it mattered before they were infected, leading up to being infected. This is this explains why kids in school, you know, they got the flu running, going around school, and a lot of people are getting sick, and there's kids that aren't getting sick. Well, the kids that are getting sick are the ones that have been dropping the ball, unknowingly in most cases, dropping the ball with some core... Um, pillars, let's say, of health, leading up to when they get it, got infected by one of their, their you know, uh, one of the other kids at school, whatever. 
leading up to that, their state of health was poor. For all we know, their state of health could be chronically poor. They could be chronically eating things that are dehydrated, you know, sugared, um, no fruits and vegetables. We don't know. They could be stressed out like crazy from their home environment, you know, leading them to be breathing shallow and, and just not getting enough oxygen into their system to, for their, their immune system to work properly. We, we don't know. They could be severely dehydrated. Maybe they don't have clean water, so they're, they don't, they'd rather not drink than drink the bad water that comes out of the faucet that they hate, you know, and they don't have enough drink, things to drink in the house, so they don't drink enough. Most kids come to school dehydrated. I, was, I forget what book I read, but most kids come to, to, to school, they haven't had anything to drink yet. And yet in the, in the morning, you've gone already, you know, in some cases 10 hours, since your last, you know, drink of liquid fluids, and you got another couple hours before you have uh, a break or something for school, and you've, you're severely de dehydrated as a kid, you know, if you haven't had much to drink before lunch. So, so anyway, um, take this, take from this what you you can. I thought I'd get on here because I've been meaning to kind of break that down for you guys and uh, hopefully this audio came through I've been doing a, a live audio and uh, I'm not in the greatest reception area uh, with my phone so I'm hoping it didn't cut out too much or at all trusting really I'm learning to do that a little bit more these days um, trust more worry less Anyway, I love you all. Hope you all are doing well and you are healthy and safe and uh, doing both. Um, prevention with the social distancing and stuff and uh, as little mask, mask wearing as is possible just to keep you from uh, getting toxic getting acidic from breathing your own carbon dioxide, but generally trying to stay away um, to quote unquote slow the spread. I'm okay with that. I think that's not a bad thing. Um, just recognize that you will eventually get the virus and don't be afraid. Do some of these things to feel a little bit better and know that most people in the world have recovered from this. I mean, when I say most, I mean almost 100% have recovered from this. There are a, there are a small percentage um, of the 40-some-odd million in the world uh, of cases. Um, there's a very small percentage of those who actually die, legit die. Um, not comorbid, no co not a comorbid, co tight tonight. Not a comorbid death, but a uh, an actual, you know, COVID cause of death. And I'm sure it's hard for doctors to actually um, call it, you know, what it is. If it's COVID death or flu death or whatever, it's so close in some cases, and it may be hard for them to identify. And they may they may not say uh, cause of death COVID 
they might they might say cause of death pneumonia or complications of pneumonia or you know that kind of thing a lot of times it's a lung uh, failure a failure of the lungs to uptake oxygen is what causes a lot of people to die um, the lungs get flooded with fluid and junk it get, gets hardened in there and uh, capillaries fail and you have lungs that no longer can take up oxygen and since oxygen is the primary energy source of the body you can't live without it for more than three to five minutes you know possibly longer if you're trained um, like a deep like a diver or whatever but generally it is the primary source of energy if you if that if you can't get that right if something is preventing that from happening um, that's where death comes knocking you know unfortunately for for people with COVID so uh, I feel for a lot of people that have passed um, I wish I had a bigger platform to tell people <laughs> that there is a way to avoid the worst case scenario in this and that if we do a few things we can feel that much more sure that um, we're doing more than the the average Joe who would normally survive this um, to keep us from being a statistic. Anyway, I love you guys. Again, I uh, reach out to me if you want any more help with this. Uh, I'd be happy to help. Uh, it's my passion um, to help people get to a state of health. I'm offering a, a free 15-minute um, how would you call it like a health audit of sorts to help you know where you're where you might be weak at least with these six pillars um, that I've gone over you can just play this back if you come into this late or whatever and uh, yeah I'm here for you I really want everybody to not suffer and uh, we really don't have to and we certainly don't need to be afraid and I think that's what's causing a lot of people um, to be sick in this regard. You know, if you've been following what I'm saying, you, you'll know that stress has a pretty huge factor in this. Stress can keep you from drinking water. Stress can keep you from breathing properly. Um, stress can keep you from eating, taking the time to go get nutritional food. You know, fruits and vegetables. Stress might have you eating. You know bag of chips instead of an apple you know what I'm saying so have a great rest of the week uh, actually weekend I should say it's Friday night enjoy your weekend guys I uh, will catch up with you another day and uh, bye for now stay healthy stay happy